Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. Podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl Sandra here today to recap a Chicago Red Stars loss. Chicago Red Stars lose to Orlando Pride 2-0, coming off of a Sunday match here. Lots to get into. Some discussion of some physical challenges. Obviously, some discussion of some officiating, and of course, other things that happened in between the lines on the pitch. So there's a lot to go through here today. Couldn't do it alone. No one can ever do anything alone. So I'm here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka the Scam Originator. How you doing today, Claire? Oh, I'm fine. Feeling a little bit overwhelmed, maybe. There's, it's a, it's a lot. There's been a lot. We're coming, we're coming at you guys live from our respective locations, recording this on Thursday, August the 12th. And there's just been a lot of uh, NWSL news drops uh, going on. And uh, there's always going to be a lot of chaotic energy whenever that type of stuff drops. Uh, a media call happened uh, yeah. with Commissioner Lisa Baird. And some things came out of there as well in terms of uh, talking about an ongoing investigation with Spirit head coach Richie Burke, a uh, discussion about how there's still not a location for the NWSL final yet, but apparently an announcement on that will be in the upcoming weeks, and a discussion about officiating, because quite frankly, a lot of people have feelings about it, uh, but it was an interesting call, to say the least. Yeah, it was just a weird day, because the the night before, right. There's the Richie Burke's out for medical reasons. And then the Washington post piece drops that morning. We already had that call with Baird scheduled, but we only got that on like 24 hours notice for a full like state of the league call. And to be, to keep it, you know, to keep it a hundred with everybody, Lisa Baird is not really easy to access by email or on the phone outside of this stuff so if you saw kind of the laundry list of all the things she was asked about it's because people are not getting comment from her on those things outside of scheduled conference calls so it was it was a rough day I'm not gonna lie yeah it was tough uh you know I know for us personally sort of watching all that stuff unfold and then obviously you know being on the media side of things sort of keeping tabs on it and watching it kind of unfold and um I don't know. Um, you know, we always like to have space here for anything and everything that we want to talk about, but we also like to extend that, you know, to our, to our listeners, to our patrons specifically. Um, so let us know um, if you want to hear us, you know, take deeper dives on, on this type of stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll be here and try to do that as, as best we can. Um, so give us feedback. We appreciate it. Um, in the meantime, uh, Chicago Red Stars coming off of a, loss 2-0 they entered into this match day uh on a little bit of a of a streak right uh coming off of some really fun announcements with uh you know the NWSL media has a, a say in being able to, to name a team of the month uh and we got to see some Chicago Red Stars coming off of the month that they had make their way onto that we saw Mel Peel we saw uh, Morgan Gutra uh, representing out in the midfield there so it was, it was good vibes I think there was good energy uh, quite frankly heading into uh, a match like this um and even on the other side of the pitch I mean we were talking a little bit about it like in the preview and what we could see and uh turns out somebody like Marta is just built different 
uh, was available for a match like this. Somebody like Allie Riley was available uh, for a match like this for the for the pride. Um, and there were other things coming into play that we thought maybe might play a factor. It was a, it was a hot one for the first uh, for the first half. Uh, of this match for sure and uh you know before we start getting into reactions to the starting 11 we'll also just say happy belated to owner uh colleen maris who uh, had a fun sort of pre-game event going on with a fundraiser uh for her birthday ahead of the match uh but let's just drop right to it this is uh one of question mark maybe the final games uh that the red stars are taking a look at this particular personnel um, in terms of, you know, Olympians making their return to the league. So for Chicago, they lined up as followed on this day. They had uh, Cassie Miller, Nett, Tatum Alazo, Kayla Sharple, Sarah Gordon, and Alyssa Motts rounding out the back line. They had Sarah Waldmo, Danny Colaprico, Kalia Watt, Morgan Gatra, Mal Pugh, and Rachel Hill rounding out the starting 11. Claire, when it dropped, <laughs> I mean, Alyssa Motts, what, what were some of the things that were popping through your, your head there? Uh, I think I said, what? Um, (laughs) I, I mean, my thought, which ended up being true is that I was like, I bet that Aaron Wright was a late scratch and they just had to grab the closest person who they thought would be able to hold it together, uh, at left back. Um, interesting. It was Alyssa Motts though. Right. Like, you know, no, you, I, you know, actually the insane thought that I had, the actually fully insane thought that I had was I looked at <laughs> and I went, wait, is she playing center back? Hey, and Sarah Gordon's on the outside. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a weird energy because you're looking at I mean, with maybe with the exception of Tatum and because we haven't seen her in the center back position, but like the uh, the, the two center backs in this game are also players who have spent time on outside back for this team. Right. So it was like a real mixed bag of tricks. Like, I don't blame you for having that thought. Right. Arguably they started three outside backs and one forward. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not criticizing you at all. Like, I don't blame you at all for having that yeah. reaction. I did. I was curious if, if it was going to be at outside back because there was, and I'll have to go back and find it. Uh, but there was a few years ago, a game in which Alyssa Mott did have to, sort of slot into an outside back position, but it was like an in-game scenario where they right. just pushed her back. And it was just kind of like, well, that's that's who she is mm-hmm. uh, for this team. She's just a player uh, that the coaching staff kind of trusts and we'll put her in these scenarios and uh, she'll just get up on game day for them uh, for sure. But other than that, like in this particular lineup, not a ton of, not a ton of surprises for the most part. Um, at least 10 of these 11 are, are you know, some of the more regular names that we've been seeing over the course of the Olympic portion of the schedule. Um, For the visiting side, let's just take a look and get some reactions there because we're excited to talk about the Orlando Pride. This was the first meeting between the two sides. So we were like eager to to maybe talk about- Two years. Two whole years, since 20, since September 11th, 2019. Yeah. um, Where kids got that epic stoppage time uh, goal. It's been a long, long time between these two sides. Um, but they lined up as followed. They had um, Ashton Harrison, Nett, Cordy Peterson, Amy Turner, Ellie Krieger, Ellie Riley to run out their defense. They had Gunny Jones' daughter, Maggie Doty Howder, Marissa Vigiano to run out their mid, and Sydney LaRue, Jody Taylor, and Martha to round out their starting 11. 
a ton of individual players there that I was like excited to to see. Uh, I mean, we love we love a local kid. Shout out to Vigiano, uh, the Northwestern alum. Um, Marta, obviously, legend of the game. Um, I think post Olympics, like my reaction was like, "Hey, if you get a chance to see Marta in NWSL some type of way, please go do it. Like it'll yeah. be game changing for you." Um, I mean that still, <laughs> and uh, quite frankly, Sydney Larue is having quite a season for Orlando Pride this year. So it was a delight to see some of these names in the starting 11. Yeah, I mean, they definitely um, have, I mean, lucked is the wrong word, but they, uh, stronger 11 than maybe they were rolling out a couple weeks ago. We'll just say that. Um, And I think that, right, excited to see Marta, not really sure exactly what state she was in injury-wise. She was questionable on the injury report. So was Allie Riley. surprised but not surprised that she was playing right um yeah and I just think that it was likely that LaRue who was having a very good season and Taylor who you know I I I have a middling opinion perhaps of of Jody Taylor at this point in her career but she pulls space she knows you know she's offside a lot uh and (laughs) Um, but it's better to have two than just one. And I think that's the whole thing with, with her role for the pride, especially with Alex Morgan gone is just having Sydney LaRue as the focal point of the offense made LaRue easier to defend. And we saw that during the Orlando pride kind of like skid of the last couple of weeks. And so having someone like Jody Taylor there to pull space and to, and we'll get to it, you know, be a target on long balls, uh, helps them so no i was excited to see the pride i had never seen just randomly i had never seen the pride in person before so i was uh i was excited to see that i think well you got a real treat <laughs> i did i they they pried it out for sure <laughs> they, they, they yeah. prided it all over that yeah uh, pitch uh, for sure uh just looking at this this first half uh, to kind of give an overview uh, of things, you know, Chicago, we've, we've seen them, you know, play a certain type of way this year. And I think, you know, in this, this first half, we saw them kind of bring, bring the energy, you know, going up against a team that, that they haven't met in this regular season uh, and going up against a team again, for the first time in, in two years, there's a lot of uh, unknowns there, you know, what you're going to expect. So, we saw like probably in the opening 15 minutes, you know, Chicago wrestlers team that looked like they were trying to connect very quickly and kind of, you know, press pretty early, maybe try to make some things happen uh, within that opening uh, 50 to 20 minutes, but it just didn't come to fruition in this one. Yeah. I mean, my impression of the first half was that uh, I think Chicago played perfectly fine. I think they played perfectly well. Like, I don't think that they had a bad first half, but I do think that it was a little bit different than a little bit different than some of the wins we've seen though, in that it, in the, the winning, the wins that they've gotten have been sort of driven through the midfield and sort of keeping that central core very focused and intact and then kind of picking their moments going forward and sort of pushing forward with, um, with their front three and against the pride, you know, Vanessa DiBernardo is still out in concussion protocol. And so they started Waldmo and Colaprico, who I think as a, it's interesting that we've been told that maybe that partnership is less effective than Colaprico on her own, but 
Um, I thought they've been doing perfectly fine, but they, but the issue is that Chicago didn't need them in this game. And, and so when you have a team like the pride who are so direct and it's hard, I, you guys, it's hard to overstate just like they are the most direct team in the league by a mile. And it's hard to play a team that plays like that. And they're getting better at it every week. Um, It takes your midfield out of it a little bit. And then that also negates the role of Rachel Hill, who is supposed to be a midfield generator that springs space up top. But when she is given nothing to do defensively, I'm not sure that's the player that you want out there, actually, to be completely honest. And so I thought, yeah, like Chicago's playing perfectly fine. They were unlucky on the ball over the top. Beautiful ball from Allie Krieger. Yep. But also, yeah, I just think it's a mismatch. I just think it's a stylistic mismatch between the two teams. Yeah, it's like uh, speaking of space. Right. <laughs> like that's exactly that's exactly how how this goal came to life for Orlando. I mean, and it was right at the 15th minute of the game. You got two veterans linking up for an opening goal against Chicago. Allie Krieger just like lobbing a dime quite frankly. Yeah, it was um, really nice. And, th- you know, three defenders yeah. around Jody Taylor, who didn't take a lot of time to think, which is probably really smart when you're forward in the final third like that, and just, like, kind of pings it, and it's just, boom. It just It's just in the back of the net. You know, Miller made an attempt, did a job to try to to get over there and reach, and reach, 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 but it just it just curled, curled past her in the back of the net, and then it's just very quickly again like all that pretty good looking play from the red stars is just they're down one zero like kind of in the opening uh first 50 minutes of the game so it's just kind of like well okay but i think even at that moment you know I, i thought it was a decent response you know from from the team there was never really a moment where like watching the game where i sort of felt like well this this team is out of it. You know, they're not going to pull one back again. Like they just, they played well against a team that they haven't played against in in, in a while. Um, And they went into halftime down one zero. And that's just, uh, that's like kind of a, I hate to say it, but it's kind of a comfortable place for the Red Stars to be in. Like, it's not something that they're really, uh, I think going to hang their heads about on any, on any day uh, in the the team. I, I also just think, I agree. I agree that going into halftime, I didn't think to myself all is lost or anything like that. Um, but I think it's interesting looking at the game statistically because the pride did ultimately, and, you know, I just called them very direct. They did ultimately outpass Chicago more passes at a higher passing accuracy too. And I think that that is a, that is just kind of this other thing that, when Chicago is playing a team that likes to play like this, this big, like they were stretched too. There was space behind their back line. It's not just like they were absorbing and countering. It was just like kind of all attacking, but um, Chicago's inability to maintain possession and through accurate passing, I think also gets in the way a little bit because you wouldn't have those direct counterattacks that you would be, defending against if you could hold on to the ball a little bit more. And that yeah. is something that just hasn't really improved over the season. Um, our, our friend Tony at NWSL Analytica did kind of a mid-season run through on, on Twitter today or, or this week. And Chicago is not doing great on passing accuracy. They're not doing great on um, shots. They're not doing, you know, we know the issues in the attack, but 
also issues in the in the in the defense and in the midfield which is just that things are not connecting very well and we know that right so when you watch the team you know that they make pretty good runs or their dribbles their attacking dribbles or their entrances into the box are all quite good but the connectivity isn't there and i do think that is the difference between winning this game and losing it because you have a team that takes out your dual prowess, which is what Chicago rides themselves on right now or prides themselves on right now is they win aerial duels. They win duels, they win tackles, they disrupt, and then they rush the goal. But when you have a team that isn't really playing that game against you, Chicago didn't really have another gear. And so I think that that is ultimately the story. In addition to they were chasing the game in the second half and it got very physical, right? Yeah, it did get physical. I mean, and quite frankly, pretty pretty early, honestly, yeah. in the second half. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if um, you know, I don't know if you're Amy Turner had a couple in the first half of this. Yeah, game. like I was gonna like, say, like I don't know, know if it's like that. um, yeah. if you're the visiting side, right, and you're coming in on the road and and you happen to have, you know, that early lead, you know, going into carrying it into the second half, and maybe like you know your energy is to to come out like full throttle and like to just keep it going right so adrenaline is a is a real real motivator for some people at some times but i mean really really early on you know i mean like she got carded for she got the first well, not the first card but she got the first card of the second half right. um for for orlando for you know pretty poor pretty poor foul and it just we kind of started to see some more physical play because again Chicago wasn't paying, playing super poorly. Orlando was playing very direct. It's a style that works for them. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes when you're not really breaking the other down, you you start getting chippy. You start getting physical. And we we started to see that. Uh, it starts to feel a certain kind of way. Obviously, when you're watching it for an extended period uh, of time, and almost sort of feeling like in this league in particular, this happens a lot, waiting for the official to get the kind of game in control with that. Um, but again, had a card issued very early in this second half. So I don't know how, how fair that is right. uh, on the official either. Um, Cause it's not like the yellows weren't, weren't issued. They were yeah. Orlando, three of them in this game. Well, and, and the, the center of specifically with Turner, her first really hard foul maybe if you give her that yellow card in the first half things change a little bit but she got a very specifically stern talking to after yeah. that first tackle in in the first half and then the next one became a card and so that is following the progression right it's yeah. not like she got two talking to she got a talking to and then, and then boom. Yeah. yellow yeah exactly uh, so i just want to like yeah point that out and like yeah. bring that to light uh but that's not to say that like some of the you know uh, we're going to get into them right now that maybe uh you know some of the challenges obviously chicago was on the heavier side of them uh or on the worst side of them excuse me and it feels bad <laughs> you know and it feels right. it just sort of feels bad when you're um, losing a game and, and trying your to, to play your keep yourselves in it um and the, the game sort of felt like it took a real turn right around the hour mark uh when morgan Gatra went down on a really really tough tackle um and stayed down quite frankly and uh it was it was tough to watch that you know especially because it's the, the, the player who it is like let's just be frank it's it's morgan Gatra 
She's been an absolute uh, anchor in the midfield for the team this season. Um, again, just got named to the team of the month for July for, you know, representing the Chicago Red Stars. And, um, you know, we talked about it early this year, how Chicago was like collecting midfielders and they just had like all of this, all of these, like 13 of these midfielders sort of uh, go through and choose from. And um, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter how many of them you put in there because Morgan Gattra has always been in there. Like right. she has been a constant um, factor in this, in this midfield. So to have this player who's having quite frankly, we believe in MVP caliber type of season up until this point and have her go down, stay down and have to be helped off the pitch was like some real uh uh-oh type of vibes. Right. Um, And they ended up subbing in Katie Johnson for, for this player. So there was no trying to give it a go again or anything. It was, it was just very immediate. It was like, this was poor tackle. Gatra was on the worst end of it. And then she was subbed out. And of, of course, like seeing something like that happen again to such a key player, I think obviously heightens some things, whether it's on the pitch or on the sideline as well, because we started to see other things uh, escalate. There was, you know, just a short time after that, an additional rough foul, you know, from Taylor Cornig on, on Danny Colaprico also stayed down on the pitch for, for quite some time. Um, so you're talking about like 10 minutes, eight minutes, you know, apart. It's, it's like, it's just, it, at that point, it maybe just sort of feels like a constant, like you're not being heard or, or anything like that. So fall gets committed on, on Colaprico, no cards issued cards. I'm sorry, cards were issued, but to the Chicago Red Stars coaching staff on the sideline. Um, so then that obviously adds a lot to, to the narrative of this game in particular, you know, just, Chicago's got two players coming off of the field and the yellow cards that are being issued are to their coaches. So it's like a vibe at this yeah. point. Right. Well, it's yeah. Just- I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's just like the only way to describe it. Right. It's just a vibe. Like it, and it was just also kind of a weird game. Cause like these, the black brooding storm clouds yeah. kind of <laughs> rolled in at halftime and you're like, it's really very dark and it's much cooler than it was. <laughs> and you're just like, is, is the sky about to part or are there's the rain about to fall? It just felt like it felt like we were like in the oh, white or some shit. And I was it just was like, this real is weird. <laughs> and everybody's hitting the deck and everybody's mad about it. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was like, I want to see the trailer. bad movie yeah and it was like a great setting for it there's just like you gotta be you gotta be kidding me man um yeah just 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 tough it just doesn't make you just doesn't make you feel 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 great and it and it continued it continued through the game there was additional substitutions being made hey shout out to ella stevens and sarah lubert nice to to see you uh make your way onto the pitch get some time um but ultimately this game just remained physical up until something more dramatic happened. And in the 89th minute, uh, Erica Timrak and Cindy LaRue linked up for a class goal. Yeah. It was just a great, great goal uh, from Cindy LaRue again, who was having a fantastic NWSL season uh, at this point. We're at the halfway point, right. For, for the league. And you start looking at things like 
we're obviously totally, we were obviously already starting those conversations and having, having the chats where like Morgan Gatron needs to be in conversations for a candidate of MVP, uh, looking at the goal scores in this league and where is, where is the golden boot race and who is in it and how's it taking shape. And in this weekend, we saw Bethany Balserval rain, get her sixth goal and then be level with LaRue who comes in on Sunday to Chicago and like pulls ahead and gets her seventh goal, um, of the season. And it was this banger in the 89th minute. And, uh, in a game that just sort of already feels bad. At well, this, it just maybe kind of feels like maybe you're just trying to get out of it. Well, in the moment that sprang Tim Rack uh, was because Mal yeah. Pugh yeah. felt something in her quad. So it just, it did. It just felt a little bit like, like, again, the vibe, the vibe took over, you know, Pugh kind of feels something. She, she freezes. Now she is not in a dangerous place on the field. It is not her fault that this turned into a goal. She was, she was in Orlando's half. It just kind of was what it was, but she stopped just to make sure that she was okay. And the rest of the team didn't really recover from that. And so, um, really nice bit of play from Orlando, but again, just a little bit like, Oh, well, this one's over. Um, Yeah. And, and that, that just happens sometimes. So um, it doesn't matter how much stoppage time there yeah. was, which there was, it was like four or five minutes or whatever. Uh, I do want to yeah. say though, that I, I don't feel like things for Chicago got significantly worse when Luber and uh, Stevens came on. I thought that they no. did a nice job with, what I think they, were they slotted with. in quite yeah. well. Yeah. Um, you know, I th- I, cause at this point, you know, you're coming in and the game is still obtainable to like yeah. get a result, you know, right. at the at minimum. And uh you know, these are players that haven't seen a significant am- amount of time uh, on the pitch this season for the Red Stars. But, you know, Lubert did have a strong string of games for Chicago in 2020. And Ella Stevens did have a game, you know, in the Challenge Cup that was that looked very promising. And so uh, it was nice to see them come in, especially in a scenario where it's like, all right, go out there and go get it. And uh, I thought they slotted in just fine. They didn't look like the game or the moment was too big for them at all no not important at all. That's what you want to see from your young players uh, uh on your roster but it just it just wasn't meant to be uh on this day and and the game unfortunately just ended uh with with more of those bad feelings um you know because you, you ended up seeing uh closing images on the stream and and, and post game of of Gatra, uh you know iced braced um crutches yeah it's her right knee yeah post uh, again as of as of this our recording of this episode uh still hasn't been an update on that but post uh game comments rory dames did mention that there would eventually be an mri i will be shocked if she travels to north carolina with the team yeah maybe you know i just i would be completely shocked yeah yeah same and uh verdict is also still out on on somebody like Danny Colaprico, uh, yeah. but that's maybe a good transition in, in this one. Uh, the Red Stars have another big game in front of them, um, but they've got a midweek match, right? That's going to take place. First they've week. got North Carolina this weekend, and then they go to Louisville. And then they got a midweek match. Yeah. So it's going to be like a re- it's going to be not a quick turnaround, but it's going to be a long road they're trip. Looking ahead to a long stretch. Yeah. Of. Yeah. So they've got, it's again, you just talk about sort of the weirdness of the vibe. And and I think this is true across the board. I don't think this is just a Chicago thing. So Chicago has, they've played a lot of games, right? They go to North Carolina, they're coming back from North Carolina, and then they are driving down to Louisville for the game next Wednesday. 
yeah. then they are staying for that friendly because they're doing that friendly tournament with Bayern Munich and, and Paris Saint Germain. And this is not just Chicago. I'm getting this vibe across the board for the NWSL teams that are in the middle of a competitive season. I get why this was a great opportunity, but I also think it was a mistake. This is true for the ICC true for the women's cup, especially you look at those teams, right? Portland, Houston, Louisville, Chicago, Portland is there. I, you know, they're doing fine, right? Houston, Chicago, Louisville, their league season at this point is very much in doubt. Yep. And they have scheduled extra games for themselves when their players have been playing on short rosters for this entire Olympic period. Now I think everybody's getting their Olympians back, but that's tough. And it's also tough when you hear from coaches or whatever, that their players are hurt and their players are tired and the scheduling is rough. And then they have an extra game that they scheduled themselves. Yep. So it's like, it's again, it's not like, I don't think I can call it like bad. It's just a weird energy a little bit. I think everyone's exhausted. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's, it's, uh, I think that's part of it. It's like, we've been covering the games and we're, looking at the team and, and watching their performances. And again, there's a lot of moments, even like this, when we're recapping a, a loss where we're like, they didn't perform poorly. Right. Um, but there's a lot of other components that maybe come into play. Like apparently they're going to be hit with an injury bug now. And yeah. uh, there's maybe some mental fatigue coming in. And you know what? That's not uncommon for a long season. That is ultimately a grind and is, now officially in like the halfway point um and also just playing a lot of games like in a cycle so and then there's just a lot of unknowns of when um when exactly some of their olympians are are going to be available just because of there's things like a a cba involved and and players get a certain amount of time off before they have to return from a huge international tournament like that so it's going to be um just looking at what's in front of them for right now with North Carolina, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, we're talking about a team that got back Jess McDonald. We're talking about a team that now has an Amy Rodriguez Mm -hmm. who loves to slay against Chicago. We're talking about a team that's had a Meredith Speck have some really good games over the last few weeks for them. Uh, And the Vina is probably going to be back. Right. So it's a, it's a team that's getting a boost yeah. while Chicago is taking knocks. Yeah. Right. And I'm not sure we're going to see a similar performance that we saw from this red star side earlier against this Carolina side, because a huge part of that one zero uh, win that they had over Carolina was a huge part again for their midfield and a big performance from Gatra. And there's a lot of unknowns there. So they're on the road. Carolina is a tough place to play in. Um, this is the NWSL. Anything can happen, of course. Um, you but- know, maybe maybe they get DiBernardo back. I mean, I think we don't, with concussion protocol, I'm sure that they test it regularly just to kind of yeah. like see where she's at. I'm sure that would be helpful if if she is available. But like, I don't know. If not, and I keep saying this, but I would just really love it if they shook things up a little bit in that starting 11, I think, but I don't know if we're going to think um, the Olympic stretch, like for a lot of teams is like an opportunity to do that. Yeah. Right. And I just, uh, 
maybe Chicago just didn't get the, the opportunity to do as much shaking up. Well, and, and they got, and they got quite a few points out of it too. So I don't really want to like dig it because they, they got nine points out of this stretch, oh, which is like pretty stretch. good. Yeah. Yeah. Next to, next to Portland, they had a Portland really and yeah, yeah, next to Portland, yeah. They had a really solid record for July. So, um, now now they're in august and maybe like the window is closing for you know in terms of the opportunity to play get a lot of different looks at maybe different players right um but at the same time like maybe we might see that because again like when an injury report drops like that's also when there's opportunity for other players uh to come in so it'll be interesting to see the uh the group that this team plans to take with them mm-hmm. on the road quite frankly because it's it's a it's a long trip uh, ahead of them I think in this game, Claire, uh, I'd like to pretend that it's going to come down to the midfield again, but I just really, I just really, really don't know. Um, but if it does, I got to imagine like Sarah Waldmo is going to have to have a game in this one, like an absolute game. And quite frankly, the center back duo is going to have to have a big game as well. Yeah, you know, after after the Orlando game, I was asked, as you do, like who you want to talk to post game. And the players that I requested were Kayla Sharples and Sarah Woldmo. And I was like, I need I want some people who I think have a perspective on this whole game, played the whole game, are the, you know, moving the the leaders of, of some of these lines especially with, you know, Gatron and Colaprico who, who left the match. And so I think that's gotta be my answer for this one too, is, is I think you got Kayla Sharples and, um, and, and Sarah Woldmo. And I think that's also interesting too, because I think there are some questions about what happens to the Chicago backline once Davidson and, um, Kruger are back, but I don't know if this is the game where that gets resolved or not. Um, and so I, I don't know, but I, I agree on Sarah Wolmo. I think that this is not only important just for how she's going to play, but I think that this is a big leadership moment for her as well, at, who, because she is someone who is new to the club, sure, but is a seasoned NWSL veteran and was the leader of Sky Blue for many years and I believe has, you know, ingratiated herself with the Red Stars pretty quickly. And so I think that this is a, a chance for her to provide some steady veteran leadership uh, to this group. Yep. Rise, Sarah Waldmo, our player to watch for Chicago, for sure, heading into this uh, into this weekend of matches. Folks, again, after they take on North Carolina, it's going to be a quick turnaround for them. They will be facing off against Louisville in Louisville uh, to kick off this mini tournament, the Women's Cup that they're participating uh, with uh, alongside Paris Saint-Germain and Bayern Munich. Uh, We'll have more on that after the North Carolina match for everybody. So we'll hit you back very, very soon with a recap and a preview of all of that exciting stuff coming up. Folks, I just want to let you know uh, that if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today and in general, that there's a number of ways for you guys to support us and our work. The best way to do that is directly via our patron at Southside Tribe Patron. So go ahead and check it out. There's a number of tiers. Please find a subscription that works for you. We've got ones that start at $2, all the way to $25, bucks, lots of different perks. Um, and for whatever reason, subscribing financially is not something you're capable of doing right now. We understand. Things are hard all over. There's a number of ways to continue your support. 
And you can do that by following us on all social media channels like Twitter or Instagram at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can go ahead and find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. So please find us, leave us a rating, leave us a, a review. That stuff helps us out so, so much. And then in the meantime, everybody continue to stay safe, get vaxxed when you are asked, continue to win your mask when you are asked, continue your support of black players and black life. And we will be back with you soon with another episode.